This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouths of the South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer in the palatious 68 of the Fan Studios. I'm Eric Quintana. Next to me, Mr. Josh Bagriansky. Yo. And across the table from me, Mr. Sam Franco. Gentlemen, how's the holiday season going? How's it treating you? Pretty, pretty good. Have you guys good? gone gift gift shopping yet? No, I'm not, not doing it. Are you, are, are you I'm, not, I'm not. So I, I, not only am I the last second gift shopper, but I think I'm just going to not buy anybody anything. You're probably one of those re-gifters, aren't you? Yeah. That like yeah wow classic I'll get, I'll get a pair of socks and I'll keep them the same same packaging and just regift. I'll that, say that a lot cool. of my family are getting uh, breaking teas. There you go. <laughs> there we go. A lot of free stuff, right? Uh, yes, <laughs> I, I put in the order. I was like, uh, plug like, your plug your uh, your people, man. That's, oh, yeah, it's a great we, holiday uh, gift. I yeah, think. breakingtea.com. Uh, we actually have a relationship with them in terms of Dirty South Soccer, so I don't feel so bad doing this, but. Uh, yeah, there's Atlanta United merch for the Atlanta fan on your list. Or if you're not an Atlanta fan, just go to BreakingTea.com. we got plenty of uh, all sorts of good stuff Yeah, very good uh, for uh, you and your family. But yeah, I, And if you uh, want to give uh, Mr. San Franco a little Christmas gift for himself, you know, make sure you buy his stuff so he puts a little money in his pocket. Well, I get commissions on everything. My commission is based on our overall yeah, company so sales So just buy goals. whatever you want. Do it. Yeah, so even if I didn't have anything to do with like a shirt, but I if they bought your stuff, you'd look better. Well, of course, absolutely. There you go. No, well, yeah. We, like, for example, just really quick aside, you guys saw Sun's incredible goal over the weekend, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. What an individual effort. 90 man. plus yards in under 12 seconds. Uh, just did, what, like eight defenders, I think, on the way to the it's goal. Crazy, crazy goal. Unreal. Yeah. So that's how my company works. And we did a shirt because uh, uh, Jose Marino called him Sonaldo in the press conference. So we did like a Sonaldo shirt. And uh, that was pretty much like my idea. And I think we've gotten close to 100 units sold already. And nice. that just happened on what, Saturday? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's kind of how the, the company works. And, yeah, that goal was incredible, man. Like, uh, you know, yeah. I know we're an Atlanta United podcast, but uh, you got to give Sun all the credit in the world for that one, man. That's one yeah. of the better individual goals you're Great ever goal. going to see. Great goal. And, uh, you know, for for the Spur- for what's happening with Spurs, that's a, a nice holiday gift with them. But uh, I, I'll tell you what, Eric – I want you to buy one holiday gift for one person this year. Just one gift. Wow, I want that person to be don't, me. Don't put that on. And I thought you were going to make him buy some for Tito. No, buy it for Ooh, me. Buy him a Bojangles biscuit. And I would like uh, I would like you to buy me the Peloton. No. So I can get in shape. <laughs> no so I can impress you uh, in a, the next Christmas, I, I, 2020, I, you can be impressed with wait, my so, overall Wait, so basically physique. Josh is going to be Eric's hostage the whole uh, I'm year? I'm going to I be guess. the lady in the commercial whose life is going to be transformed. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't looked into the specs of this thing, but I assume that you like <laughs> plug in Wi-Fi and no, you got to pay forty dollars a month to take the classes. So you right, so they are on cla- top of the twenty five hundred dollars it costs for the dang stationary bike, which is asinine in and of itself. You also have to pay forty dollars a month for the classes that go along with. It. That's what I, th- I was like. I hadn't looked into it, so I didn't know for sure. But I figured, okay, there's some way to like connect to Wi-Fi, and then that lets you gives you the ability to connect to these like I- I- interactive classes or online spin classes and whatnot this is this is this is spinning of the future 
Who am I going to Lifetime? Yeah. Screw that. That's too much work. <laughs> that is no. It, it is kind of the way of the future. Is yeah, having your your trainer in your living room. But, well, the uh, best was I saw a commercial for this company called Echelon, which is the exact same exact, thing. Yeah, same thing. But it's it's like they, they literally are ripping so, them off from head to toe. I, I I I'm not jobless, but I am looking for a new job desperately. So if anyone wants to hire, I hope me, your current employer doesn't hear this. No. <laughs> and even if they did, I wouldn't mind. It wouldn't be the worst thing. Yeah. <laughs> My point is. If anyone's looking to hire, hit me up, Eric Quintana, at Eric G. Quintana on Twitter. Hey, okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I, I was approached by a, uh, a gentleman who, <laughs> he, he's the one that delivers those bikes. Oh, no. Yeah, how do you, do those come so in pieces and you have to assemble ba- them? Or? Yeah, so basically what you do, and you get paid pretty well considering- Oh, it's got to be you're, heavy. You're driving around all day, but uh, it's basically three or four hours of actual work per day. Uh, I think it's six days a week, and they they pay they pay pretty well. I mean, you're not going to get famously rich off of this, but it, you're essentially a delivery guy, a Peloton delivery. And guy. And apparently, apparently, you, you you assemble it there, and 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 appara- does the delivery guy assemble it? Yeah, the delivery guys assemble. Uh, I didn't see that it. guy in the commercial. And then, <laughs> didn't know and about then, that part. Uh, and apparently, apparently, people tip. Wow. Well, so, yeah, I mean, if you're spending $2,500 on an exercise bike, you've got some cash probably I don't think that around. husband in the commercial would have wanted you to see the delivery. The, the, the strange, I, I, yeah. Look, I, I, uh, I knew some people that thought about getting it, and I'm like, are you, are you insane? You can go, you can literally, if, with a little more work, you can pay a fraction of that and go to the real thing. That bike is $2,500. You can go do the real thing. You can't put a price on changing for your life, less, Eric. Probably less of what the, what the actual subscription is for this Wi-Fi nonsense. To do an actual spinning class. By the way, you talk about this life-changing like stuff. That's I think that is what bothers me the most about that commercial. You think Peloton will sponsor this podcast now? No. They, you know their <laughs> stock dropped, uh, I think, 10%. No, they lost, they lost a as, billion dollars. As soon as Christmas, as soon as Christmas is done, they're, done, they're going under. I mean, they clearly put so much money into this holiday season. Get your uh, get your Peloton, get your, yeah. Get your well, Peloton. Like that advertising campaign, they're like, "Oh, we're gonna put everything behind this yeah. campaign. People are gonna love this. It's a husband being thoughtful." And instead, in cancel culture of 2019, oh, is the wife not good enough? Oh, is she <laughs> yeah, not skinny enough? Oh, oh. And the other thing that bothers me about this commercial, by the way, first of all, the bike is, she looks the, the bike, same, the bike yes. has been out. The, yeah, exactly. The bike she has been out. She doesn't change at all. She talks about it being this life changing experience. The bike has been out for forever, though. Remember, we we used oh, to the have bike's been out for forever, we we, we yeah. used to have these commercials where they were cycling in these empty rooms of, of with yeah, glass like, walls, like, like, over, <laughs> like overseeing. It looks like where the Cialis bathtub yeah. was, but like like overseeing. Like a, yeah, they really went all in and just it totally blew it. These giant it's rooms so that have the, the the floor to ceiling windows, and they're yeah. overlooking these beautiful aesthetic. And it's like, hey, here's an idea: go buy yourself a mountain bike and go out there. <laughs> Like what are you doing? It's, uh, for real. Enjoy but I think some outdoor the, the time. thing about that commercial was like for me, like so yeah, like the whole cancel culture part of it is 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 just the cherry on oh, top. But you, I think you're a everybody and bought your wife a super expensive <laughs> gift. How dare you? I think everybody that watched that commercial did think it was like just weird though. Well, she oh, looks like sure. so, so when she I, looks like a hostage the so whole time. Think, She's like, I hope I can please my husband. I, I think most people are like me, where they were like, this is a really 
bizarre commercial. And then when it became publicized, it was a bizarre commercial. They're like, oh, everybody agrees with me. <laughs> and I just feel so bad for the husbands who might have, or, or I guess, or wives who, or who saw that have, and like, oh, who, yeah, this is a good idea. Who have already bought yeah. a Peloton <laughs> for their significant other. Peloton better be like, no refunds. What do you, <laughs> yeah, they're like, look, you know, whatever. I mean, you can't return your Peloton just because of the commercial. Yeah, right. I will say, I, because I, of, you can't return your Peloton because of the patriarchy. I do enjoy, <laughs> and I think this is where everything's going these days. I do enjoy, and this is the last thing we'll do before we actually get. Yeah, this is, this is going off the but, rails. But uh, I do like the purple. Like, remember the old purple mattresses commercials? Oh yeah. Sure. <laughs> but but they weren't. It wasn't on TV. They were on Instagram or, or Facebook or whatever. Yes. That's where everything's going now because it's yeah. it's it's you can make it as long as you want. It's super specific, and it's just your stuff. Yeah, that's true. To the point where I want to buy a purple. But mattress. I will say, really I'm tempted, quickly, I'm tempted just to email, about- email the people at Purple Mattress. Be like, hey, listen, I'll plug your stuff all day long for free. <laughs> you just send me a mattress. Maybe they, you I they heard, can hire I've you. heard. I've heard it works. Okay, Maybe you could be the long, guy who delivers the purple mattress. As like long as you don't. Guy, right? As long as you don't like make your commercial seem like, oh, this is gonna be this life changing event. And literally, the woman at the beginning of the year and the end of the year looks exactly the same. She's not lost any weight. She's the exact same person. Well, you don't know she's she like, was oh my gosh, for that. Yeah. I have this life changing experience. It's like. Like, you literally didn't change how you looked at all. Well, she feels better about herself, I think. So That's, and, the, that's, the, that's the point there. Yeah, she proved herself to her husband. Just, yeah, that's right. She, she, she proved herself worthy uh, it's, of her husband's it's really cr- It's really a cringeworthy commercial. It really is bad. But yeah. hey, shout out to Ryan Reynolds for what he did with the uh, taking that actress and doing that commercial for his gin or whatever. Oh, really? Oh, that was pretty solid. <laughs> he took that actress, and like it's her and these two uh, other women sitting around a table, and the commercial doesn't say this, but the um, implication is she's like left her husband, basically, and they're like oh. out drinking this gin to celebrate. Well, go get yours. Yeah, yeah. Good, good for you. It's fun. I, can you tell us is a slow news week if you're listening to this? <laughs> Listen, I, I thought about uh, kind of uh, doing a second podcast, mm-hmm. a non-sports-related podcast. Maybe we just... Do another podcast criticizing all the commercials we can uh, possibly. That'd make. be a great <laughs> podcast. Be there we go. Um, all right, are you ready for Magic City? Uh, maybe. Wow, that was this took a turn. Took a turn. I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to get to bed a little. He, he early got tonight. me with this on radio. So, Magic City yeah. in the future for Atlanta United in Birmingham Legion. Yeah, I, I see. That's the city Magic of Birmingham. City. Not the same Magic City you were thinking of. Not yeah. nearly as classy. Not oh, the same oh, Magic City you no. were frequenting. Only one of <laughs> only one of those two Magic Cities has hosted the MLS Cup, though. That's true. And it's not the that one in true. Birmingham, or it's not Birmingham. Atlanta United comes out uh, announcing their first opponent for the 2020 uh, pre well, preseason. We'll talk. We'll just say their first opponent ever, and it's uh, well for the 2020 season. It's Birmingham Legion. Uh, that'll be on February 8th at 3:30 p.m. It'll be about 10 to 12 days before Atlanta United kicks off their 2020 season officially with CONCACAF against Matagua, and we'll get into that later. But uh, look, uh, Birmingham Legion, uh, we've, we've, known, we've known about them for a while since well, the last two years. Um, USL championship team, and uh, <laughs> last year defeated Atlanta United 2 by an aggregate score of 9 to nothing. So huh? they're no scrubs. What, what it, they beat Atlanta United 9-0? to zero? Aggregate score over two games. When was this? Last year. Birmingham Legion? Atlanta United 2. Atlanta United 2. Oh, oh okay. Who do you think I was talking about? I, I had no idea. You said Atlanta United, <laughs> so I was super confused. Atlanta United 2 twice the by teams. an score of 9 nothing. Okay. So, uh, this is a very solid, very good USL team who has been a very solid, very good yep. USL team for a long time. Shout out to the lad Daniel Johnson on Birmingham Legion, Atlanta native. 
Very interesting strong, to say, strong player, fun to watch. Huh? Also a member of the Legion. Oh, yeah. Uh, is he really? Yeah. So well, we'll assuming see, uh, he sticks, will be coming yeah. for revenge? That's the thing. We were talking about that on radio. He might be coming for revenge. He might have a chance to show out, hey, you guys let me go, so I'm going to show you on this stage against you that you made a mistake. Look, Jay Heap's also looking to give Atlanta United the middle finger after uh, <laughs> after his dismissal from the New England Revolution after the uh, 7 nothing loss in Mercedes-Benz after, uh, back in 2017. Oh, yeah, that was so, one of the coaches we got fired. Uh, yeah, that was one of them. One. Yeah, <laughs> so true. let's hope, uh, I, I, you think he's upset? No, I think I think it, I remember the revolution at that point, and I think he probably knew he had a couple of weeks left. He probably wanted to by go. that time, yeah, and he probably wanted to get out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but more importantly, it's it's uh, certainly a good way to kick off the uh, the 2020 season, especially the preseason. Again, February 8th. That's super early, less than two months from now. It's gonna be cold. Uh, it's gonna be cold. Hopefully, it's not that cold, but it's you're in dead of winter at that point, and I don't know Georgia weather at least. Here, Georgia weather. Yeah, who knows what will be going so on? It's so weird lately. So yeah, I, I assume that it'll just get weirder. It'll as be either we get twenty or eighty. Nothing in between. Um, I I like this opponent again because it's a, it's a strong USL side. It uh, it's a driving distance. Look, we had this idea. We were mentioning on the radio show uh, back when we first started the podcast. We talked about the potential for an SEC preseason tour. We've oh. even talked about it being because like, don't anchor down at Bobby Dodd. Like, play all of your quote unquote <laughs> home games until MBS is open. We wanted to go hard. Play them at like SEC football oh, stadiums. We wanted to go hard. Yeah, uh, because That's we don't even have a home at the time. We were like, well, we're the only, we're only, we're the only real team in the Southeast. We yeah, there was no, right. there was now no, there was no whiff of Nashville or Charlotte um, or Miami. Or Miami. Yeah. Uh, or Orlando. So, or, yeah. Well, or there's, there's still no whiff of Orlando. Yeah. They'll, so, they'll, they'll, they'll enter the league at some point. So the idea, the idea was, which I, I believe was, was the idea came from Jason, Jason Smith, host emeritus Jason right. Smith. I uh, think we all had something to do with he, it. Uh, well, we're, the thought was that we would essentially play at least the preseason matches in uh, all these SEC stadiums to mm-hmm. to kind of rally the fan base and and, and bring the the southeast together. Let's play at Alabama to, Stadium to, to unite to unite the southeast in the greatest <laughs> possible way, and uh, we we thought that could be a thing, but apparently, uh, well, no. So they're they're the idea is now that it seems like they're doing it. Maybe not in the big SEC stadiums, but they're doing it slowly by. You know, they started in Charleston well, in SEC country. They're, they've they've played in well, they've they've had dealings in Nashville and Chattanooga, and now they're uh, kind of migrating to Birmingham. And so, slowly but surely, they're expanding their their reach, their territory. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see. That's all I'm saying. At some point, we're gonna see we're we're gonna start the season out with Nashville. Obviously, they've got their own MLS team yeah. now, but uh, maybe we see something in, in Charlotte. Maybe uh, yeah. And it's cool to see the regional, even a preseason game. I mean, just I mean, th- they, these options were not around, like you said, Eric. You know, when the when the club started, even you know three years ago, you didn't have these options to go play in preseason. And now, you know, Birmingham, obviously a team that you can go play. Now you've got you know, as you guys talked about, you have a lot more options. I think to, where you can stay close in preseason, yeah. and then and then obviously in season as well, you've got you know a, a lot more competition close by. Oh, it's cool. It'll be fun to see. Legion Field was the is Legion Field? Yeah, yeah, Legion Field. And Eric and I were talking about this on radio. First how, soccer yeah. game I saw in person. Same, I believe. Uh, I think I. You no, know, you know what? I think I went to really? the UGA game, the Olympics in '96. Yeah, because I, 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 I went to the final games. in '96 when Argentina I barely, played Nigeria. I think I think same. I was there too. Yeah, but, like, but I barely remember that one. I just remember yeah. I just remember Niger- Nigerian guy just shirt over the head waving it around like <laughs> but he just I believe didn't care. this was like 99 or 2000. I think is when this happened. The years either it might I have thought been it early. was the Olympics. 
Well, no, I'm talking about the the. Oh, I'm sorry. The, yeah, the the, the the USA Ecuador game. Yes. Yeah. It was around like the year 2000. USA played Ecuador at Legion in Birmingham. Field. Yeah. Really. I remember Birmingham. at the time cell phones weren't as big, so my family and the other family we were going with, I think, were two other families, had the walkie talkies in the car. Oh yeah. Wow. Those were the good times. <laughs> yeah. Those you got to stay times. close in range. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. But no, I remember that say because Eric and I were talking about this on the radio. It's like the stadium they like cut off half of it. Yeah. So you could only sit in like half the stadium. Um, that was where I bought my first ever soccer jersey. It was a USA uh, men's national team jersey. And I was wearing an Ecuador one that my dad had made us all wear into the game. And USA took a pretty early lead. I think it was like 2-0 at half. And I took the Ecuador jersey off and put the USA jersey wow. on. Wow. Um, yeah, that's how quick he flip-flopped. It, well, wow. uh, it's not really a flip-flop. <laughs> Classic Atlanta United fan. I mean, it's like it'd be like you with Uruguay, but... Yeah. Anyway, I think more than anything, it's they, crazy. They would somehow both lose if they were. At this. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. It was the order by U.S. But it's just crazy how, like, for both of us, uh, and there were probably a lot of Atlanta United fans, honestly, that were there yeah. because that was the closest you were going to get to seeing the U.S. Men's National Team because they weren't yeah. coming to Atlanta back then. And I guess to kind of put a bow on it. I mean, it's it's <clears throat> in those days, like you said, it was go to Birmingham to watch watch a friendly match. Now, yeah. now it, you know, if an MLS team can go play a friendly against a USL team in Birmingham. Really yeah. shows how the game has grown in the south. For game. sure. Yeah. Uh, more importantly, is 10 to 12 days later, Atlanta would be kicking off with the 2020, with their 2020 CONCACAF Champions League opponent, Motagua. Yes, I know From lots Honduras. of I, I haven't done any research. You know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> Last time when we got... Uh, the the who, funny thing is, is that on the radio, I was like, look, don't, believe, no don't believe anyone who tells you they know anything about Motagua. No one's watching the Honduran First Division Soccer maybe, League. Maybe Jason Longshore. No, I, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> I could totally see. He's, a, he's like... He's like his face is in, in like three books right now, just reading everything he can about Matagua, the city itself, <laughs> yeah. the landscape, no, the geography. He, he like already, yeah, he like already. It's like, yeah, well, you they know, have a good it, history. By tomorrow you know. morning on 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 soccer down here, you're gonna know everything you gotta yeah. know about Matagua. If you want but no one else, hard hitting no analysis on Matagua. I don't know why, but soccer down here is probably a good place because Jason will have everything down. But, you know, I gotta, think the gotta, big, feel, gotta feel content. The big gotta part of the draw, obviously, is that you're. If things go as expected, you probably play Club America in round two. Revenge. Of course, a rematch of the Campeones Cup. Um, I, you know, that's I, a I juicy, asked, juicy matchup. So I did have this question. Potential do, matchup. do you think Club America is like, oh, yeah, we got to get it back at, at, at Atlanta United for no. beating us in Campeones Cup? Do you no. think they even care? No. no. But I do think no, there might be a little you, extra so edge. You're wrong. You're wrong, 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 wrong. Well, let me go first, and you tell me. You tell me why I'm wrong. I'm just saying you're wrong. So I, I do think I think there'll I, I do think there'll be some edge to the game because they've played each other, they're familiar with each other, and I do think that game may be established that Atlanta United as one of the teams maybe that can flirt with beating a Liga MX team in CCL. Um, so I do think there might be a bit of edge to it. I don't know necessarily that they are marked that game uh, last. What September or whatever it was on their calendar, and said we're going to get revenge next time we play. In do you not or, la- or last night? But they <laughs> might see it as a. It was an embarrassment. Do you not remember the media treatment of Club America after the game? They, the the Mexican media that covered Club America were acting like they had just like lost to you know yeah. like, like the, one of the biggest upsets in the history of soccer. That, that they I were, can see. So that's what I'm saying. There's going to be pressure on them to make up for a very embarrassing moment for them in terms of losing a trophy to an MLS team and, because that had never happened before. Yeah, a I, Mexican I, team had never lost an important competitive trophy to an MLS team. I, I, that's why they're mad. Yeah, well, I just, just, just omit the important part. I think that yeah, Impor- well, yeah. important for Atlanta. But, but it <laughs> was. But, but 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 it did give you know everyone's been saying for the last three four years you know MLS is credence. Is, is able to compete with Liga MX teams like they haven't been able to in the past. But Liga MX doesn't want and that, and Club America didn't want to be the team I agree. that was the the you know. K 
case or the experiment to prove that. I don't think, but I just don't see it as revenge. I, but I do, to your point a little bit, Sam, I do see it as them, you know, having a chance to kind of put a marker down for Liga MX and saying, look. Maybe not you know, revenge, but of it. Look and look, and just saying to MLS, it'll certainly you be guys sweeter. have a few years left. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't exist at all, but I do, I, I do think it'll be a little because bit sweeter if they do win this if match. If they were to lose. If Atlanta were to go through against Club America, that would look really bad for them. Yeah. And people could say, look, this is an MLS team consistently beating a Liga MX team over a six-month period. That's a pattern versus it being a yeah. one-off. Yeah. So it, it, there's going to be, an, a, a, assuming you those teams meet, uh, and I think they're playing Comunicaciones from Guatemala, yep. uh, assuming those two teams meet, uh, th- that that would be a very juicy, juicy matchup. I'd be excited to see it. But first, they got to get past Motagua. Of course. And we just gave you all of the. Uh, so, the, the, you know, there are 17 time winners of the uh, Honduran National League. I know that off the top of my head. 17. I know that off the top of my they, head. They have a 35,000 uh, uh, 35, capacity stadium. 35,000 or 3,500? 35,000. That's, that's <laughs> not that bad. Josh does grass, not agree. He was like, uh, 35,000 is not bad. Uh, grass, grass field, so they won't be playing on. Carpeted concrete, but just because like it's a grass year. field doesn't mean <laughs> yeah, it's going Adiano. to be a good grass field. True, true, but we're, we're not talking about playing on on, on a blacktop, effectively. Um, the, the the one thing I, I don't I don't know anything about Matagua. I don't care about Matagua at all. I know that Atlanta United should go into this match and beat them, much like they should have gone into Herediano and beat Herediano. What I will say is that the the mindset and the and the level of play, the the uh, the focus. Based off what happened last year against Herediano, should be 100 yeah. percent different. Should be 180 degrees of what it was uh, in t- to start 2019. I, I'm not saying that they win the, the game, but it it doesn't need to be this this laughable uh, uh, fire firestorm of a, of a of a of a match for Atlanta United in which George Bello gets hurt. Everyone you know LGP effectively own goals on on or gives up a goal. Uh, Essentially, gifts a goal to head of the Yano. It's a disaster. You're, the you're not. You there. can't have that happen again. Now, there's a lot of stuff that that obviously is different from 2019. You've got uh, Frank DeBoer already in there. He's established. He's got a full off season. And the you whole got, team is at a much longer off season. Exactly. As well. You assume that it's going to be uh, the similar cast of characters for Atlanta United going into 2020. Uh, you, you wonder what uh, acquisitions Frank DeBoer might ask for. What what uh, moves Frank, uh, Carlos Bocanegra might make. But ultimately, you've got effectively the same team outside of Nagby. You've got effectively the same team you had in 2019. So, the the going into this match, it shouldn't be anywhere close to what you saw against Herediano. It shouldn't be that embarrassing of a of a of a match for Atlanta United. It should be you should go in there with that with that in the back of your mind, which is going to be tough, I think, for Motagua because they're going to have to go up against something like that with the skill set that Atlanta United already has. Now, in addition to all that, Atlanta United now has d- gone through this process once. They're going to go through it again. They know what to expect. They know the field conditions might be against them, even if it is grass field. They know the officials might be against them, even though it is, well, whatever. It's CONCACAF, so we all know how that goes. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they they go into us go into this this with a better sense of a uh, better understanding of what of the things that could happen and how to better yeah. handle those situations this second time around. So, regardless of win loss, whatever. It should 100% look better. And I think anything, honestly, would look better than what that first game was against Atlanta. Absolute mess. What, what I don't want to see is, is Atlanta United coming back for the second leg at Kennesaw State sometime between the 25th and the 27th of February and, and having to come back from a, a major deficit uh, from, from leg one. 
that shouldn't happen. That we shouldn't even have that even remotely have that conversation um, come the beginning of, of the season. And I, and I think just the way it looks will be will be really important, right? Because you kind of hit the nail on the head, Eric, last year when you went to Adriano that first leg, and really the first month of the MLS season, you the team was a little bit confused yeah. tactically, yeah. And, and like you said, part of that was you know. I mean, you consider that MLS Cup uh, 2018 was two years ago today. Yeah. You know, you had basically a, no time off last year, so the team was fatigued. You're adjusting to a new manager. You no, mentioned new manager, George yeah. Bellow. <laughs> you know, this year you're hoping to see, and it might not be a great performance. I mean, you would expect them sure. to be yeah, a bit no, rusty. Sure, yeah. And again, I'm not but saying they win. More, but more settled, yeah. more tactically sound, understanding what you need to do, because that's what you have to do in these two-legged affairs anyway, is you have to be, you know, you, you have to be sound tactically through the 180 minutes. Uh, or you could get unlucky and fall behind three one after the first leg, and maybe you don't, you know, come back as Atlanta United did at Kennesaw right. State last year. So don't put yourself in a hole. Uh, at least, and it, it, you know, who knows what can happen, but don't put yourself in a hole because you're not you're not tactically sound. You're not, you know, it, do do the little things. And I, I would understand if it's not a performance with a ton of quality from Atlanta United, but you really want to avoid some of those similar hiccups you had against Adriano uh, a year ago. It should look better no matter what. It should look better. You should be well well accustomed to what could happen, uh, the intricacies of, of playing in, in CCL and, and CONCACAF. Look, the, the beginning of the season might look, if I'm Atlanta United, more so than last year, I'm putting all my focus in, in CCL because the one trophy you have that you haven't kind of touched yet. Yeah, and you've had you've uh, got the extra six weeks exactly. off. Exactly, you, you've got enough time. You, you, you're not coming off the, the high of MLS Cup. You, you've got every opportunity in front of you. Um, and one of the reasons, but, but the regular season, um, the regular season may look similar to what it was last year, because of the compact schedule. We're talking about playing February twenty fifth to twenty seventh, the second leg, yeah, and then starting the, the 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 regular season in MLS on the 29th. Well, you're looking at the same thing. So it's it's the same compact ske- compact schedule, and I wouldn't be surprised if you saw the same sort of results that you saw last year. So n- no freaking, I'm out, hope, no, I'm no freaking that. out, Devin for real. Uh, <laughs> you, you may for real. see you, you may see the same similar results. But uh, it, it it that that's more pro- that you shouldn't be freaking out because going into CCL you shouldn't have that same sort of and I would hope crazy I would first say, leg. I would hope the results are more a result of tired legs and not a combination of that and not understanding right. what you need to do, which is I think was a combination of that last season. I mean, one of the reasons MLS moved MLS Cup up, I think, was to help these teams be more competitive in CCL. You have much longer break now, um, and obviously you already have the issue where. You know it's going to be your preseason, uh, but having that—I mean, having that extra break is huge. Because I thought you looked at the season last year; it took, it felt like—I mean, it felt like it was May or June even before the team. Everybody really kind of looked, year, yeah. And, yeah and, and I'm talking about from a physical standpoint, you know. So I, I think you'll see uh, from that side of things a very different performance. Might be a little sloppy, but I don't think you're going to see guys clearly physically fatigued on the on the pitch. I think the main thing you have to worry about. <clears throat> You know, obviously, with the the Motagua uh, match, is just going down there uh, for that. You know, the leg that you play down there, just because, as we've seen many a time with the U.S. men's national team, man, when you're going down to Central America, you go, you just you, there's so much and so many variables that you don't and can't plan for in those yeah. hostile yeah, exactly. environments. Yeah. So that's ha- Having experienced it once, you should have better poise. This right. Well, no, that's that'll that'll be a similar should, experience. You should be yeah. more prepared for it in that regard, but there are things such as just a you know horrible pitch, uh, weather that affecting that. I mean, there's just so many different things that could happen, but 
you've got to go down there focused because that's when you're going to get that, you know, quote-unquote minnow's best shot is yeah. when you're playing down there. So uh, we saw it with Herediano when they came up to Kennesaw, they kind of capitulated. Yeah. But they're going to they're gonna defend home turf really staunchly. And then, uh, obviously, you don't want to overlook Motagua either, in a sense, because Club America would be looming on the other side. So. I, def- I definitely will not. Be overlooking Motagua. Oh, well, oh, won't you? No, I will not. Yeah, after, uh, right, that's true. I, how do you guys feel about playing uh, the second leg uh, in uh, the fifth, fifth third bank, much like that's last year? That's what it's looking like, right? I love it. I don't care. I think it's official yeah. now. Is it official? Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, it's totally I, fine. I've been super checked in recently. I mean, obviously, if you, you know, the next round you're playing Club America, or most likely playing Club America, then yeah, you want that at MBS because it's obviously a big back team oh, yeah. that's going to have uh, a lot. Of, they're going to buy a lot of tickets, way more than I think Fifth Third Bank could hold. Yeah. So obviously you'd want that one at MBS, but for a game like Motagua, yeah, why not? And I heard, I mean, I wasn't at the second leg of the Herediano, uh tie last oh, year, but I heard great. it was like a fantastic, in- yeah. intimate atmosphere. So I think it's a great place, a uh, great place to play. I will say Motagua has an awesome crest if you've never seen it. Yeah, that's what I uh, that's what I remembered about them that it's they're a sweet, they're like, seventeen time champions of the Honduran League and they have a great crest. This is a big like bald eagle like with a soccer ball clutched in his talons. Let me see here. Very solid. Oh, that is cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like like honestly, not to hate on Light United, that's better than our crest. That's super cool. <laughs> it, look, it looks like it looks like a pretty good stadium. I mean, it looks like a typical. You know, I mean, this Central is American Stadium, one of the like, bigger clubs in Honduras yeah. for sure. Seventy-one uh, years you know, old. They play in the they play in the Estadio Nacional, which it looks like every club stadium. stadium in Ecuador, basically. From, from, from yeah, what but, I, mean, I bet this is the biggest stadium in Honduras. It looks like the it. national the national stadium. So, Estadio Tiburico Carrias Andino. Nice try. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know I'm kidding, a lot I'm about kidding. Montagua. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Give us a, Why give does us, it say Honduras on their crest, though? That's give weird. Give us one fun fact. Do they have to say that, oh, it's Motok. I did it already. 17 time. I knew this off All the right. top of my head, just my just my general knowledge of soccer. 17 time Honduran general, champions, and they have a cool crest. General knowledge of dirty South soccer, more like Oh, oh, oh hilarious. <laughs> well, there's also a Motagua New Orleans. Oh, is that why their crest says Honduras? Uh, <laughs> well, it's really weird their crest says Honduras on it. If we're looking at the right crest. From their Wikipedia page. Uh, the Motagua New Orleans competes in the Louisiana Premier League. I'm guessing that they didn't need to worry about the copyright on that. Probably yeah. not. Probably, probably, not. So. <laughs> probably not. You don't think Motagua is registered with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they are. Um, some of the other, I was looking at some of the other, and I, I feel bad for LAFC, but if there is one team that can... Uh, Man, that can maybe take off, uh, take on Club Leon. It's probably Dude, LAFC. The CCL draw is such. Th- it's there's, such there crap. is no way <laughs> that Atlanta just happened to get paired with Club America for the second round. LAFC go Leon. I don't know. It, look, Atlanta United versus Motagua. You got Club America versus Comunicaciones in Guatemala. Cruz Azul in Mexico versus uh, Portmore in uh, Portmore United in Jamaica. Uh, LAFC versus Club Leon, which that bottom right of the bracket where Montreal look, is and all that, it's it's like almost it's almost like set up so one MLS team can be guaranteed <laughs> to make the semifinal. There, there hey, is, good there for is, them. They're there's trying. no yeah. question, no question that LAFC and Club Leon will be the most watched uh, CCL match in this maybe ever. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I think one thing that has to be abolished in all of this is Canada getting their own like, <laughs> yeah, the special Canadian. representation yeah. for <laughs> dude. There, all of those teams are in MLS. They should not get their own. Like, oh, the Canadian Championship. 
None well, no, they're, those, they're, they're, well, they get they're to play USL-type clubs in, in well, Canada. Well, it's, it's weaker but than USL. None of them, no, 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 but none no, of sure. them win. They don't have a chance, but That's they, those do exist. It's the, same, it's, the same, it's the same as US Open Cup here. Yeah, but I think, Cup. I just think, you know, like, give, give me a break. Yeah, no, I'm with Josh, <laughs> give me a break. And I also really quickly uh, just discovered something about Motagua that we haven't talked about, that we need to. Guess who their shirt sponsor is? Who? Bimbo. Breaking tea. Pepsi. Oh. oh, I love it. Dirty. This is good right here, right? Dirty. Does their coach wear jeans? I don't know, but look at this. They're bringing Pepsi into Dirty. our house? Wow. I don't think Dirty. so. All right, uh, Tigres uh, versus Alianza in, uh, in uh, El Salvador. NYCFC versus San Carlos in Costa Rica. Seattle Sounders versus Olympia in Honduras. And Montreal Impact versus Aprisa in Costa Rica. Um, tough draw for LAFC, but uh, someone had to play Club Leon. I know, right? Like, sorry, <laughs> but look, if, Again, if any team is, is set to uh, take them on, it's, it's uh, LAFC. And that's really what this tournament's all about for MLS teams, is beating almost even more than winning CCL. It's about you need staple victories against League MX. No, that's what it's got to be. And yeah. other than Toronto, and I can't remember, I know they lost in the final a few years ago, but I, I know Toronto got a big one a few years ago. Uh, but But for the most part, I mean, that's it's been domination from League MX. Got to collect those scalps, MLS. so to speak, man. Yeah. Yeah, MLS has to keep getting head-to-head wins. I don't really count what they're doing with the All Star Game, although I do think that's kind of cool. Great idea, but yeah, I agree. Great idea, but that doesn't really count. Yeah. What counts is these meaningful fixtures in the Concacaf Champions League, not the Nations League. <laughs> or, I guess that's <laughs> not the Nations. Although that's an that's Matagua, two-time but. runner-up of the uh, Concacaf uh, Nations League. Who? Or whatever it is. It's basically the Europa League of CONCACAF. <laughs> Wait, they have that? Yes. I, there's so many tournaments. Yes. I'm looking at the... I mean, not. I'm not looking at the Wikipedia. I knew <laughs> this off the, the top Europa of my head. the Europa League of CONCACAF. Yes. Like Can you imagine? It's like, it's, like, it's like all FIFA is like one massive Ponzi scheme. I'm pretty for, sure. It really for, is. For, 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 for uh, international tournaments. The Europa League of CONCACAF. <laughs> like Bernie Madoff is I'm sitting sure somewhere on top league. of FIFA just looking down at everyone. <laughs> Here's a Jew. Look at that area of the map right there. They need a tournament. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> That one over there? Yeah. Now get this team to, to bring in some of his friends yeah. to have their own inter, uh, intercontinental tournament there, and then they'll get three of their friends to have their own. Inter- okay. We'll pay for youth soccer <laughs> yeah, in your country for the rest of time if you join our tournament. Um, all right. Something we are pretty excited about is Atlanta United uh, signing Heinemann, Emerson Heinemann on a permanent transfer uh, from AFC Bournemouth. That's uh, being announced uh, to, uh, yesterday. Uh, well, Monday. Uh, so fun to fun to know that we're going to have him until 2022. Yeah. Um, originally got him from FC Dallas for 20. Well, the rights for him uh, for 200,000 in general allocation money, um, and is before Atlanta United spent most of his time in English Premier League. I I I think it's laughable to think that Atlanta United will go after someone that can be the like for like replacement for Nagby. I think Emerson Hyman was the guy that they were planning on replacing Nagby with. Not saying he's a like for like replacement, but he's a pretty close fit for maybe what. Uh, Frank DeBoer was looking for, for maybe what ultimately Atlanta United was looking for. He's young. Uh, he can grow into this into this club, into a position much like what Nagby uh, was with Atlanta United. I'm not saying it's be exactly like Nagby, but it, technically they're pretty close. Well, I, I will yeah. say I don't think he's necessarily the like-for-like like because I think that Heinemann is more comfortable and, quite frankly, a better fit pushing further forward than Nagby did because I, I've, I've liked what I've seen – when Emerson Heinemann has been involved in the attack, you know, what was it, two goals and, and was it four uh, assists? Two goals, four assists, and about 1,000 minutes of play. And that's what I'm saying. Like, like he has shown that he can get forward. And, look, he scored two goals 
uh, in the same amount of time it took, you know, in, no, actually in way less time than it took Darlington Nagby to score one goal for Atlanta United. So I think he's much more comfortable further forward. And I made this comparison on radio. Nagby is like, for Atlanta United, he was like a poor man's Juan Roman Riquelme of, you know, Boca Juniors and uh, like Villarreal fame uh, over in Spain in a sense that guys that are just so comfortable controlling the box that they are comfortable in, like that that midfield kind of a little bit on either side of the, the halfway yeah, line, yeah, yeah. just sort of bossing Connector. everything around. Yeah. I don't think Heinemann is that. I think he is like Nagby, but you got to push him forward more because that's where he's more comfortable. I don't know if he's as good on the ball or can be as comfortable doing what Nagby That's going to be the question, I think. Is he a because assuming he slots into the starting lineup, and I'm not saying that's for sure yet, and I would say for sure you need to at least get some more depth at the center midfield yeah. spot, but if he's in Nagby's position, they definitely do share a lot of the same traits. I think the difference that Sam kind of touched on is that Nag- uh, uh, Heinemann's actually a little bit of a better player in the last third than Nagby right. is. Absolutely. I think Nagby, one of the best it's players like in the middle third. like he didn't want third. to go into the final third. He, just like, he loved yeah, that he just, box yeah, exactly. in the middle he, of the well, field. Well, that was his role. I right. mean, no, 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 sure. But it, 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 he was much better at commanding the middle of the field, whereas Emerson Heinemann, while he has those, if, I feel like he has that capability to do that, he's naturally going to want to get involved in the attack um, and, and basically do what we wanted Pity to do, I feel like. Interesting. <laughs> but I just think, you know, the question is really not whether, I mean, he is better in the last third, but if you're going to play Nagby's position, you got to do at least close to what he did in the middle third, especially mm-hmm. in Frank DeBoer's, and we talked about this all last season, just really crazy attacking-minded formation. And I kind of look at this team right now, and obviously you've got, you know, as, as we mentioned, a little bit of a ways before preseason and before competitive fixtures. You don't have a lot of balance right now. I right. mean, you've got a lot of, uh, you're very heavy, uh, attack heavy. You lost, obviously, two center backs, a ton of fullbacks. Uh, you re-signed Jeff Lorentowitz and Emerson Hyman and lose Nagby. So you're going into the season basically loaded up in the attack, already know what you need. Oh, I, I fully expect that they, this it's going to be boring in the sense that all we're going to do is sign defenders. Yeah, I mean, but I, 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 and if you're not, it means somebody left. You know, it means yeah. you sold Barco or PT or Tito or something like that. So, I mean, hopefully that's you, you see defensive signings and not attacking signings because I think I, I really like what the team has in attack. Uh, but again, I look at it and I just really hope the club recognizes. I think that Emerson Heinemann, he's he's not the sure thing in the Nagby position because, as I said, I don't know yet that he can play in that middle third of the field as well as Nagby can. I know he can do it well, but just with the type of formation that you're playing with, you know, everybody kind of flying forward, whether you know, and whether it be three in the back or four in the back. And if Lorenowitz is your only safety valve there, or Eric Rometty, who wasn't great at it last year in front of your center backs, mm-hmm. and then you have a player like Heinemann, who's supposed to be the next deepest uh, center midfielder, if he's not as good in the middle third or even comparable to Nagby, then you really lose a lot from a balance standpoint. Where you have all your attacking players up top, you have your defensive players in the back, and you don't have anyone to connect them through the middle of the field. It sucks that he's having to replace Nagby because of that's the, com- compared the to, comparison yeah. that's automatically there, and that stinks for him because you know it's like replacing someone that is you know extremely good at what you know he did or what he does. And for Heinemann, who you know could be, like you said, very capable of doing it, if he's not as good as Nagby was at it, 
then Atlanta United's going to suffer. It's going to be a drop in performance. Yeah, I, think a drop well, in I mean, we, that's we, a critical we go, spot on the field. We go yeah. into 2020 knowing that without Nagby, we're not going to be the same team that we were in no. 2019 or 2018, for that matter. Um, it's it's. I mean, I think Stupid that's that's Columbus. that's pretty clear. I, I do I do wonder. I mean, is is essentially three of three center mids in in uh, Rometty, Lorenowitz, and 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 uh, Emerson Heinemann, is, is that enough for not anywhere close? I mean, Carlos Bocanegra. You... So if that's the case, then maybe maybe Frank DeBoer because this would make more sense. So you look at what Bro- uh, Carlos Bocanegra said once uh, this was announced. We're excited to bring Emerson Heinemann back. Um, on a permanent deal, he played an important role in the uh, in our midfield after joining the team midseason. He will add competition and depth to our group as we prepare to play in a various in various competitions in 2020. Based off that statement, it seems as though okay, he's going to be a piece of the puzzle, but he's not the guy that's going to be the focal point at that position. Yeah. And he, and he was, at that time he wasn't. I mean, no, he, he wasn't. You do wonder if they this were. Is, this is this is after this. Right when they first. When the, this is when they first when they first signed when they, when they just yeah. announced him. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's what I'm Last saying. Last year, no, no, this is just after they signed, after they made it permanent. Oh, he That's said what he, Carlos he said, said he was depth when they made it permanent. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then in that case, read that, we read that quote one more time. I haven't heard that. He played an important role in our midfield. I'm totally unprepared. After joining the team midseason, and will add competition and depth to our group as we prepare to play in various competitions in 2020. That's an interesting quote. I, 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 I was okay with, I mean, I was okay with Hyman. Uh, Rometty and Lorenowitz, and then finding some debt pieces behind them. But if you're looking to make Heinemann the debt piece and figuring out a way to go Lorenowitz and Heinemann off the bench somehow, or whatever combination or, you want, and bringing someone yeah, more Frank really DeBoer. That's interesting that he said that. Bringing in someone that Frank DeBoer wants much more than, than Hyman in that position, then that And maybe someone who can give you a little more in the tackle, a little more physical, yeah. because Darlington Nagby was, was obviously had to. You know, size kind of issues the same way Hyman did. But he was just so incredible with the ball at his feet that he's able to make up for that. Emerson Hyman is similar, kind of small guy, but I would guess he can't, like you said, Sam, play the same role as Nagby, at least as well as him. That's a really interesting quote from Bocanegra that makes you think that. Uh, wait, wait, time out. An interesting quote from Bocanegra. Yeah, I, I can't believe it. I this I cannot believe that. Uh, it's that's why I said it was last season because let, let, be... let me reenact in the way Carlos Bocanegra. <laughs> We're uh, we're excited to uh, bring back Emerson on a permanent deal. Uh, he played an important role in our midfield after joining the team midseason, and uh, we'll add competition and depth uh, to our group as we prepare to play in various competitions. You sound just like him, but you're, you're so much uglier that it doesn't have the same. Yeah, also, effect. never true. appearing on this show, Carlos Bogan. He could say whatever he wanted to me. If he just stared into my eyes, I'd say yes, yes, Carlos. We you love you, Carlos. Beautiful, beautiful man. Um, that got weird. No, I not, not. I don't think it got weird at all. I think he's gorgeous. I've said that since he. No, uh, he's a handsome man. Since he played for the U.S. Men's National Team, he's a handsome big man. fan of his. No, yeah. If you can't admit that he's a handsome man, then you're probably either very jealous or very unattractive. Or what is it? Uh, asexual? You're just not attracted. No, to that's anybody. true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, because how could you not be? Oh, it's just gorgeous. But uh, any, but I just uh, that quote is so interesting, Eric, because that indicates that at the very least the team is going to go and buy another player. You would Whether think. it be to compete yeah. with Heinemann or to unseat him, but at least another player to that can fit into that role. Whether just, it be a Kevin Kratz type or a yeah. starting uh, eight type, we'll, we'll see. But that indicates that they're still looking to do business there. Which it, is it, I mean, we'll we'll see. Time will tell. Um, we kind of have to. I, I know that before, after the season ended, uh, Frank DeBoer was asked about 
potential moves being made in 2020 or for the 2020 season. And he said that you know he had taught, he had had brief conversations with Bocanegra about uh, the the kind of players he was looking for, what he kind of wanted. Nothing concrete, nothing super specific, but he had given him general ideas. And, and like you like, and that's perfectly normal in the middle of a season. Even so, don't think that oh they were focused on next year. That's not what what's going on. Any guy like po- in, in Bocanegra's position would do the same thing. They would go to his yeah. his his his, uh, his manager and say, "Hey, what are you looking for next year, so I can go ahead and start?" Because you don't have that much time between the end of the season and and January. Right. You got to kind of have to get the ball mo- moving. And I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if already talked and already you have got stuff in the motion uh, or in motion to to for to bring guys to Atlanta to bring guys that maybe replace. Hey, look, if there is an is a like like, like for like replacement for Nagby, we're gonna know. Relatively quickly, I hope sooner rather than later. I I don't know. It just depends. Depends on what Frank DeBoer wants to do. If he likes Hyman enough to where he he thinks he can fill that role, then then maybe he just I, changes the philosophy in that midfield. I think the good news here is that while there are questions, uh, like you said, Bocanegra speaking with Frank DeBoer about the type of players that he wants, and obviously as technical technical director, that's his job. He's the liaison yep. from the, the kind of the, the the playing pitch to the to the uh, higher ups, but. I think that, and then we talked about this last week, Eric. That again goes to show that you've got the front office on a much better, uh, much more on the same page with Frank DeBoer than they were this time last year. And again, that's totally explainable because they had to get used to one another. Yeah. And that I thought the Brooks Lennon, we I mentioned this last week, but the Brooks Lennon signing really indicated to me, all right, these guys are really on the same page. They understand what type of player Frank DeBoer wants, uh, and certainly maybe the Emerson Hindman. Uh, Loan with the option to buy was maybe your first inkling of okay now these guys understand the type of player that he wants uh, that that can fit in uh, down the line yeah. so at, at least you've got that idea that they are looking for depth as Bocanegra said and it looks like they're on the same page of going to acquire the type of players that Frank DeBoer wants as well. Yeah. Um, other piece of news that came out over the last couple of days: Ezekiel Barca or Lane United has uh, effectively set a price. Well, according to Italian outlet Calcio Mercato, that's a good one. I think you see that one on has put. Yeah, yeah, it's no Gazzetta della Sport. No, it's no. It's apparently set a price tag for Barco and set that price, that transfer fee at twenty five million dollars, which is fair, right now at least. Well, it's ten million more than you paid for a, him. I thought so. this was actually a mistake by Atlanta. Oh, well, I just don't see well, why you it's, wouldn't. It's 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 just a rumor, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it might not be true, but you know, to me. I would set the bar higher because, uh, because why would you, if you're going to set a, like you set the $30 million price tag on Miguel Miron because yeah. that was about the ceiling that you felt you could get But for like, him. why set the bar at all? I think with Almiron it that's, was important because that was the first that's big true. time player you were selling, so you wanted everybody to have a, a clear and, cut, hey, this is what we want. And this was straight from Darren Eels' mouth right. in this case. Not, with not this true. one, if this is the case that they're saying 25, why are you limiting yourself? Yeah, I agree. I mean, and I'm. I mean, I'm in. Uh, I, well, I mean, let's 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 also be clear. Just because they say 25 million, it's not like if they get if he plays amazingly this first half of the season, like beyond this world amazing, oh. and it's not like they like oh we'll give you 26 for him. No, that th- price I mean, is that, for the January. No, we exactly. Said this is this is this is very fluid. It certainly depended on Arsenal how he's bids playing. 25 million and one. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not like this is a, a fixed thing throughout the course of the it's year. It's for if the you, January window exactly, specifically. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a Freddie Lundberg move. But if you put Maybe yourself in a tough spot, you know, like say that's true, and then someone I, comes I see, in and I, gets 25 mil. And you're like, eh, maybe I don't want to sell him. And then Barco's going to say, well, well, here's here's what I'm thinking. It's like, it, it, do you think? Put everything else aside. Do you think 25 million for him is a fair number? It's fair. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
that being the case, uh, do would you want to lose him for the start of the season? Uh, unless you have a replacement lined up, no. Okay, let's assume they don't, for the sake of argument. And and oh, I'll add one other or thing. Let's, and let's he doesn't say, try to force his way out. I think if he if he says yeah. I want to leave, Atlanta United has okay. to understand you're selling club. You sell him. So let's say January comes and Barker starts talking about. All right, well now I definitely want to leave. How how easy or how hard should I say is it to get a re- something of a replacement for Barco in that in a month's time frame if you weren't planning on having him leave? It's a great question, and it'll, again, it'll, I think it'll come down to. We, but we it, could say it would be tough. Probably, to I mean, a, at the same to get time, a, to get a replacement that's going to produce. I, and I'm talking, I'm not talking about his skill level. I'm talking about produce the same sort of a produce what he produces for Atlanta United in the sense that he's he makes this team what he's it your is most right dynamic now. Yeah, exactly. Player. That's a tough ask. Yeah, I mean, he'd be to very go find tough someone to that's going to produce like Barco does right now. If I'm Atlanta United, if this is even real, I'm setting the number at something ridiculous. And if you you have to be dumb to make this offer, and then if you make that offer, say thirty five million, yeah, then you're like, all right, well, I can't yeah. really say no to I this. Mean, it's thirty five. It's 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 a lot of money based I, off. It's a lot of buddy, uh, money based off the initial investment. Yeah. So you're going to say yes. But at least then you've got a, a a a very good backing right now at twenty five million. If this is if this is true, like like you said, you're almost you're almost doing yourself a disservice because then you that that is a a a a fair number for a yeah. guy like Barco. So you might have teams tempted to to kind of dip Undercut. their toes and, exactly, and, or or yeah, or come come a little short and see mm-hmm. if maybe they can tempt Atlanta right. to do the sale. And look at the clubs he's linked with. I mean, he's not linked with uh, Real Betis. I mean, he's linked. He's been linked with Napoli, Sporting Lisbon, Manchester United, Arsenal, Inter, Atletico this. Madrid. So if Manchester United <laughs> pay twenty five million for Ezekiel, no, Marco, if Man United, you're selling him for fifty because they will. <laughs> you know they have money and they'll spend it on anybody. I'm just saying if 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 Man United paid twenty five million for Barco. I think Man United Twitter would would implode. I would love it. I mean, it would be just the signs of the world coming they'll, to it. They'll, they'll pay like eighty million. For Although then you would have Pep Guardiola going out there saying, "See, they have twenty five million to spend on Barco. We don't have <laughs> yeah, any money don't anymore." Have any money. Poor Man City. Get out of here. You know, I think. Uh, it, although it's interesting, maybe Lane United sets that price tag because the level of club interested in him right now maybe isn't. Uh, he's one of the best players 20 and under in the world. Uh, he's one of the best players 20 and under in the world. Uh, that, I'm sorry, prospects 20 and under, so not an established player at 20 and under already. But, I mean, you've got but, clubs like Arsenal out here paying way overpriced money for Danny Welbeck's, so of course, you know, there, there's good, always aim high. I don't know like, I have to bring well, up Danny Welbeck. Here's the other thing. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe nice. the, other, the, other, the, the other idea behind this is maybe they have no intention of selling him. This is the floor. This is the least they're going to sell him for, $25 million, and we want the clubs that are interested to know this is the minimum we're going to take. Like, don't, should, don't come and, at Ailes with anything and, other than this. Exactly. So, uh, you assume... I can't imagine that Barco's going to just all of a sudden revert to some form that we haven't seen before. Um, he's just going to continue to get better, or if nothing else, just stay the same and just mean, be consistent. You mean romantic overtures form? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's the other thing, though. <laughs> but we, I mean, I think clubs want to see him play consistently. They want to see him produce consistently. They seem want to stay. They want to see him stay healthy or relatively healthy for the majority of the season, to the point where he's not missing massive gaps of the season. Um, and that's when LN United will, I would assume, would elevate that number from 25 to whatever number they deem fair at the time. And that's based the other on level component play. of this is if he does do that this season and those same types of clubs are after him, I think you can 
definitely get more than yeah. 25, especially the English clubs. When you consider that Miguel Amiron went for 30 million to Newcastle, if Ezekiel Barco has the type of season we're talking about, his value is going to be higher than Miguel Amiron. It simply is. I mean, uh, already look at the clubs who are interested in him. You know, look at the fact that at his age, look at the fact that he can actually do more things on the pitch than Amiron, who, as great as he is, is kind of a one-dimensional player. And that's not yeah. a bad thing. He's a mate, but but he's, he's a, really good at what that yeah, one dimension. But 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 Barco, at his age, being more complete, being younger, the fact that he, I mean, he was incredible in the U twenty World Cup. So he, I mean, when he went against his peers, he was a man amongst boys in a lot of ways. Yeah. So if he does that this season and kind of proves those parts about his game that he can be a little bit more consistent that he doesn't get kicked out that he can't kick him out of matches you know uh, and and kind just of going to get more physical in force time with injury absolutely especially if they know absolutely because no, those are the only at two you, many yeah. chance they get those are the only real two black marks to me against him are you know he could be a little bit more consistent at times and then he's got to prove that he can deal with physical play and I, I think he absolutely can uh, and if he does that and again you consider his age how much he can do the fact that if he does do that this will be his best season in MLS and I think we'll see him dominate the league. I think he he becomes worth more than Miguel Miron if you can get the right clubs interested. I think to sell him at his to get to get the good sale that we're all thinking about. I think he's got to have a. And I think it's not like rocket science, but he's got to have that standout season. He's got to have exactly. This, he's got to have the season where 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 all the pundits are talking about Barco. Did you see what Barco did last week? Did you see what Barco did last weekend? Did you are are you watching Barco and what he's doing? This is insane stuff from Barco. Throughout, I mean, the, the, the same conversations you heard about Miguel Almiron, Barco still is yet to have that that kind of a season. If anything, yeah, no, true. If anything, he's getting crapped on by guy Matt Doyle for for not making a, a an obvious pass. Which, let's face it, he should have made that <laughs> Matt pass to Doyle. Miriam. But <laughs> we, the, the, the idea is that I've got that, so that, many tweets of his that, on Barco. That, that, that thought like process, you. social media, <laughs> that thought process behind uh, the pundits and behind you know social media and, and and those that follow MLS needs to change for Barco. Yeah, we we need more of the conversations of of Barco U twenty World Cup, unless yeah. did you see the missed pass to Miram? <laughs> you, you need more of that in in the regular season for for Barco with Atlanta United. You need to see him stay healthy. You need to see him uh, be consistent. And and when he when he's playing, when he's when he's when he's on the field, he is consistent. At least last year he was consistent. I mean, the, the influence that he yeah, had it's, was it's undeniable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And I should just say, I as as I've always said, I am. Ex- I I think this is not an objective opinion from me. I have always thought Ezekiel Barco was a special, special player, and I think that he has a chance to be by far, as far as the trajectory of your entire career, I think he has a chance to be by far the best player that left MLS to continue his career and get better. I think he has a chance to be by far the best one of those. Josh, I got some icy hot if you pulled a muscle patting yourself on the hmm. back there. Hey, I well, no, I, I'm going one step further. I'm taking, well, the <laughs> before I wasn't taking a risk, I was just saying he was good and people were saying he was bad, so that was an easy win. But I'm taking a bigger risk here. I, I think that we're talking about a, leg- a legitimate European prospect that's going to start on a top six club sooner rather than later. I, I think there, the, there was criticism of that first season, though, that was warranted in terms of you can differentiate Abs- it between, like, He's a bad player versus he's having a bad season. Absolutely, and I think that's where a lot of people got lost. Although it's I like, disagreed, he had a bad season. Other than other than his self, it wasn't self inflicted. It, it wasn't. It wasn't aesthetically pleasing. No, whatever. I agree with, with Eric there for a number of reasons. Obviously, it was a bad look. What romantic overtures or whatever that ended that, up being. That, that was that was yeah right. Maturity, and then maturity. Also, on the field at times he looked. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. It wasn't aesthetically pleasing. No, he's not aesthetic. You guys are crazy. 
because the the did the, you see his highlight tape the, from 2018? You would have thought he was like the, the most best memorable player. moments for me were the moments where he was most immemorable. In the sense that he was, he was, he, he or was, when he held the ball too long, he, he was holding the on the ball too long. Oh, he sure. was, he was dribbling into into the fenders. He he wasn't beating anyone one v one. He he. Yeah, I just don't he, think he had a bad season. Is that's all I'm that, saying. I, that's fine. I, I'm not saying he necessarily had a bad season. I yeah. just think it wasn't aesthetically pleasing. There was nothing to take away. We we're like, oh. yeah, that was a great moment for him. Oh, I think he's so aesthetically pleasing though. Don't you think he's, 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 he's in 2019? Guys, oh my gosh. in 2019, it's a different story. He's aesthetically pleasing as long as he doesn't you bring back the blonde hair. Just, 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 come on. I, I assume that the aesthetics are going to continue to to uh, to, to meet. But you know that's why I think better because he did make that he did grow in that way, yeah, right? And absolutely. now he has to take that next step. So uh, that's the reason I think he no, will because he did like, make he did grow in that way between nineteen and twenty. Now do the same thing between twenty. It's and not 21. like that. I looked at him in twenty in, in, in two thousand eighteen and thought that's not you this guys. guys. This guy's a bust. What I did see is that all right, this you guy thought that, he was ugly, that in year one, <laughs> oh, he is it, definitely it, ugly. In year one, didn't have the greatest of seasons. I don't. I there wasn't. A, there were more negatives than were, there were positives, in my opinion. He just needed to grow. I in think he needed to mature. In 2019, a bit, there were more positives than there were negatives. Way more. In 2020, I expect that the positives are going to vastly outweigh the negatives. Yeah, you need to even see by, it. even fair. more exponentially. Um, that's 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 a natural process. That's a natural career life cycle of of a of a, a young player. Of a young player. Well, yeah. It also shows how quickly. And I'm, I'm when I say maturity, I'm talking about both on the field and off the field. He matured very quickly. Like you, you compare him to a guy that he's a little bit older than, but Andrew Carlton, like for yeah. example. Like is not maturing very quickly, mm-hmm. neither on the field or off. But then you look at Abarco, who it hit him kind of fast. They both have had similar off the field problems or issues. Maybe not the issue itself being similar, but the fact that they've had them. And you're yeah. seeing how one guy has dealt with it versus how one guy hasn't really dealt with it or has dealt with it poorly. No, absolutely fair. Absolutely Who knows? Maybe fair. maybe maybe a second year under uh, under Frank DeBoer does does amazing wonders for 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 Barkley. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's the key. I thought you were going to say it does amazing wonders for Carlton. I was like, oh, oh no, I, I, I think I think Carlton's lost ship has sailed. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for him, but wow, he kind of kicks himself in the foot. Kicks himself in the foot. You Kicks mean himself shoots in the himself. foot. <laughs> that sounds like one of those fake like uh, sayings that Peta made up to try to get us to not use the animal sayings. You remember when that happened? Or they're like, uh, "Don't say bring home the bacon. Say bring home the bagels." Kick some, like, yeah. I it's love a, it. It's a oh crap, I forgot. Kick some foot. It's an it's a it's an anti NRA ism. I guess I don't know. Kick him in the foot. All right. Anything else? <laughs> oh, we'll I see. It's, it's, a, it's a gun. It's a. It's a gun control. Dude, he saved it. I there. like it. Well I like done. it. I like it. Uh, you didn't articulate that super well, but no, you're. you're I, I really like what we were. Not as good as Ali. Really, place I didn't do joke. it on purpose. Yeah. So not as good as Ali Bedoya picking up a field mic and screaming into it. But. Well, that was more deliberate than. Yeah, yeah. that was a little yeah. less sarcastic than Eric's. Uh, all right. Anything else before we take off? No, that was hilarious. That was, right. that was good. That was a good end. Yeah. You can find me at Eric G. Quintana on Twitter. You can find the podcast at MOTS Podcast. You can, f- you can find me at Josh B914 on Twitter. Uh, at Sam J. Franco. And don't forget, uh, Breaking Tea for all of your Christmas needs. We've got a Joseph shirt. We've got a Franco Escobar shirt. We've got a Julian Gressel shirt. We have a Captain Atlanta shirt. If you want to commemorate Michael Parkhurst's years as the captain of Atlanta United, uh, and we also have, you know, other shirts that aren't Atlanta United, I guess. But uh, yeah, for for you and yours for Christmas, we got some uh, good uh, good shirts going. On. All that's, right, that's, that'll that's do good. it for us. Until next time, see you later, Atlanta. See you.